Okay. There are countless examples where Canada has refused to enter into meaningful negotiations with First Nations to implement rights that are affirmed by federal and provincial courts, including the Supreme Court of Canada. The federal government needs to change direction on how it proceeds in addressing Aboriginal rights and title. That's just what Eric has been saying, right? And so they need to have a look at that, and they need to be able to honour. The federal government needs to change direction and how it proceeds in addressing Aboriginal rights and title. Canada's approach needs to be based on recognition of Aboriginal title and rights, followed by a reconciliation process where the honour of Crown is upheld and good-faith negotiations ensue. We urge the federal government to immediately develop a framework by which to engage with those nations who have court-affirmed Aboriginal rights so as to uphold the honour of the Crown and implement these important court rulings. For further comment, please contact Grand Chief Stuart Phillip, who is the President at 604 of the Union of BC Indian Chiefs, not of the United States or Canada. (laughs) (laughs) But his number is 604-684-0231. And then, you know, there's other people that you can talk to, uh, such as Courtney Dawes, 604-926-9903. And as you heard, you know, like uh, Eric say that, you know, they once these, these decisions are made in court, you know, it can't just that be it and, and not follow up on the rights and responsibilities. Um, I just want to ask Ernie... <clears throat> Eric. If oh Eric, yeah. oh sorry. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, you just wanted to ask Eric something. Okay, uh, so we're speaking with Eric Gray. Uh, we've been discussing the Musqueam, uh, their newly signed agreement with the city. We've talked a little bit about neutralness and the Dalgamut decision, and.
Hi, welcome to the Arts Report for February 12th, 2014. Tonight on the show, we'll talk about the Northwest Comedy Fest, and we'll have modern dance superstar Peter Chu talking about his upcoming performances at Dances for a Small Stage 30 and with Kid Pivot. I'll fill you on some great art shows happening around town and a shout out to the dark face of love for Valentine's Day. Stay tuned at 6 p.m. for UBC Arts On Air. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm your host for tonight, Sarah Lapsley. I just played Complete Control by The Clash um, because I like to give up control. Uh, But I played The Clash in part because I made a comment when I did that Punks and Psychopath show that The Clash didn't seem that punk to me. But I kind of explored it further, and they're totally punk and totally political. So that's what happens when you talk about stuff that you don't really know about. But uh, the upside is I got to check out lots of Clash. Um, and another reason that I played The Clash was because uh, I took another one of those quizzes. So last week, uh, myself and the arts reporters talked about, uh, we took that quiz, what indie rock girl am I? And then we took another one, uh, what indie grunge rock guy am I? And so this week it was what punk rock icon am I? And I got Joe Strummer. So that thrilled me because he's really hot um, and cool. But I was just like, where do these quizzes end? You know, like, I think the nadir of the quizzes was one that went around. I was just like, oh, my God. It was like, what arbitrary object are you? So it was like. And I'm ashamed to say I took this quiz also. Um, and I think some really clever person like thought it up to make fools of everyone. Like, surely we're lost if we need to take all these quizzes just to see ourselves or kind of label ourselves so badly. Um, some people got like a can of beans or a pile of batteries. <laughs> I won't divulge what I got. It wasn't that flattering. So anyways, I just I, I was like, no more quizzes. I don't want to waste my time, just in case we only live once. Hopefully we live more than once, but you never know. Valentine's Day. It's our Valentine's Day special. Um, personally, is my least favorite holiday. I think I had a good one in like 1995. Then I had kind of a, an earth-shattering one in 2001, and then maybe another nice one in 2007. But since then, it's just lame. Um but I, I don't want to begrudge people who enjoy Valentine's Day. Um, and, you know, we love to celebrate that light, bright face of love. Um, you know, the roses and the chocolates and I don't know. But um, yet it's often the darker face of love that we come into confrontation with as we go through life. Um, so the bitterness, obsession, jealousy, agony, abandonment, loss desire um sometimes we want to run fast and far to escape the pain ambivalence confusion chaos and i think all those fall under the auspices of the dark goddess who presides over these dark nights of our souls um so ouch yet we always find the light again i think and so it's yeah it's just kind of the way of the universe Um, but certainly it's been responsible for a lot of amazing art um, and drives human behavior and so it's worth it I guess Um, 
things don't always work out as we hope. Maybe they never do, but don't listen to me. I'm cynical. Um, the origin of Valentine's Day actually came down to us from ancient Rome. Um, Valentine was a saint, um, and there are a few different accounts of him. Um, and so it seems like he might have been more than one person, but all of these different St. Valentines kind of lived around the same time, and there's similarities in the story, which kind of leads to the conclusion that it, it's probably the same person. Um, so he was a Roman priest, martyred during the reign of Claudius II, known as Claudius Gothicus. I like that. He was arrested and imprisoned um, after being caught marrying Christian couples and aiding Christians who were prosecuted, persecuted at the time by Claudius in Rome. Um, so it was considered a crime to help Christians. Um, but Claudius took a liking to St. Valentine's until he tried to convert the emperor. Um, and then the priest, St. Valentine, was condemned to death. He was beaten with clubs and stones. When that failed to kill him, he was beheaded outside the Flaminian Gate in Rome. I think it's still there, of course. I don't know because I've never been there. Um, so this was around the year 269-270 A.D., um, another part of the legend is he refused to sacrifice to pagan gods. Um, and in prison, he his, through his prayers, he healed the jailer's daughter who was suffering from blindness, so it created a miracle. And he signed a letter to her, Dear Valentine. So that may be the origin of the, um, of the little cards we give each other or I never get any, but um, I wanted to also kind of leave this little Valentine's Day blurb on a positive note with a message from a New Age author um, who's been around a long time. She's in her late 80s now. She's like unfailingly positive. Um, but she says, it's hard for other people to love you when you don't love yourself. Even if someone else does love you, you're most likely to discount it by wondering, how could they love me? What do they see in me? When you don't love yourself, it's hard to believe that you deserve good things in life. Therefore, you miss out on the abundance that's available to you. Here's my valentine to you. Stop criticizing yourself now and forever. Love and accept yourself as you are right now. When you do, you'll blossom in ways that you can't even imagine. Love will heal you. Your love for yourself will make work miracles in your life. So I thought that was nice, and it does start with ourselves, doesn't it? And then we we get along better with others. But I was, you know, thinking about, you know, the dark goddess of love and how horrible it is, and I was going to subject you, dear listeners, to some opera, some maudlin opera song about, you know, unrequited love, and I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play something else. Plus, I need CanCon content. And I decided I'd play something else, which is also potentially annoying. Uh, but a lot of people like this artist, and he kind of wears the mantle of the uh, romantic poet, um, at least in Canada. And I know he's renowned the world over. Um, I've heard people, very important artist people, arguing um, Bob Dylan versus Leonard Cohen. To me, it is like no contest. Bob Dylan wins that contest. But I guess to some people, they think Leonard Cohen is better. But I thought I'd kind of play this song, Bird on the Wire, because um, it's kind of a bit of a sad love song. 
so anyways, I can, we will revisit this in a bit when it's over. So here it is, Bird on a Wire by Leonard Cohen. Like a bird on the wire Like a drunk in a midnight choir I have tried in my way to be free Looking for a volunteer opportunity that fits your schedule? Being a big sister takes less time than you think, and you can choose the volunteer opportunity that fits your life. Spend just one hour a week as a study buddy, tutor, or two hours a week as a big sister. 
Check out the various mentoring programs at Big Sisters of BC Lower Mainland and find a volunteer position and a little sister that will suit you to a T. Visit bigsisters.bc.ca for more information today. Sob skank Scotty spanks butts He skanks when he struts No one told him never to be rude Boy He dresses like a gangster He wrestled with an hamster He's here to get you all in the nude Boys and girls It's not just this scene all it's show on your radio Scotty Scenic Drive Monday 11am noon 101.9 FM CITR Vancouver Hi, we're back on CITR 101.9 FM. This is the Arts Report, and I'm your host, Sarah Lapsley. So I just played Leonard Cohen, Bird on a Wire, for Valentine's Day. And I listened to it at work, just in preparation for the show. And I was like, oh, man, this is awful. I'm just going to slay it. Like, he's such a terrible singer, and this is such an awful song. But listening to it now through the headphones, I'm like, yeah, it's it's nice. So there you go, Leonard Cohen. He's okay. Um, not as good as Dylan though. Oh my God. So wanted to talk about the Northwest Comedy Fest. It's starting tomorrow, February 13th to the 22nd. Um, and they're at different venues. They've got stand up, they've got improv, they've got other stuff. That's a category, but they've got some big names. Um, so you might want to check that out. So Judah Friedlander, I've never heard of him, um, but he's a world champion, He is the best athlete in the world, the greatest martial artist, the sexual desire of every woman, and a role model to children. Let's face it, Judah is the greatest comedian in the world. Um, So I guess that's his gimmick, being the greatest. Um, He started doing stand-up in 1989. He's been on a lot of different things, over 30 movies, and appeared in hundreds of TV shows. Uh, I guess, on 30 Rock. Um, And he's been on Letterman, Conan, Fallon, The Daily Show, all that stuff. He was in Zoolander. That's cool. Meet the parents. Um, I really have to say I've never seen him or heard of him. I watched a bit of him on Conan. Um, So if you know those shows and you like him, then it would probably definitely be worth checking out. Um, Personally, I didn't didn't buy the world champion kind of gimmick. It just... I don't know. It wasn't my bag. But um, he's on... Oh, it says... Yeah. Oh, he's headlining a few nights, it looks like. Um, So Thursday, February 13th, uh, show at 8.30. He's headlining at the Comedy Mix. And then again, a couple of nights, um, doing a couple of shows on Friday, Valentine's Day at 8 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Who else is there? Probably the biggest name, Pee Wee Herman, is coming. Um, And that mad combination of innovative humor and childlike wonder. I know you are, but what am I? I guess that's his tagline or something. Broadway sensation, your favorite quirky character performing in Vancouver. Um, He's... Yeah, I guess there's a, ooh, a new feature film based on everyone's favorite Saturday morning character. Clever, colorful, and comical. So he's kind of a cultural icon, just the, the suit, the bow tie, and everything. He's playing Thursday, February 20th 
um, at 8 p.m. at the Orpheum Theater. So it'll be a big show. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess I remember him like when I was a teenager or, you know, watching him. He was famous. I don't remember him being that funny to me. But, um, and then when he got caught masturbating in the porno theater, it was just like, I don't know. I'm not that judgmental, but for some reason it just, I kind of was like, ew. I think it was him. Hopefully I'm not <laughs> slandering him. Maybe I'll Google that um, before I, and rescind it if I'm wrong. And then there's Patton Oswalt. So he's, I don't know much about him, but I know he's really funny. Um, he was just in a film nominated for a Critics' Choice Award. Um in Jason Reitman's film Young Adult with Charlize Theron. Um, and he's, I guess, does film stuff, Adult Swim, different car- cartoons and comedies on Adult Swim channel, four TV specials, um, so and his own, own albums and things like that that he's made of comedy. He's also got a huge Twitter following, Um so I think he has like half a million Twitter followers or something. I'm not big on Twitter, so I, I won't look at how many Twitter followers he's had. But he was also in Oscar, uh, Oscar-winning Ratatouille as Remy the Rat. Um, and oh, was in Magnolia, Starsky and Hutch, and ooh, Reno, 911 Miami. That looks good. So I bet he's pretty funny. It's It'd be probably a highlight of the Comedy Fest, Friday, February 21st. Uh, show at 8 p.m. also at the Vogue Theater so another big show and I thought I'd just play a little clip of Patton Oswalt for you um, this is from his um, I guess a, a comedy LP from 2007 Werewolves and Lollipops so I'll just play a couple minutes give you an idea of um, what he's like and here he's talking about fast food ladies and gentlemen Patton Oswalt <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming out. Uh, I'm drunk. Here we go. Uh, oh, God. I'm so I'm so hungry. What's good to eat here at the Kentucky Fried Chicken, man? What's uh, What do you have on the menu that's good? Oh, um, our mashed potatoes are awesome. All right, I'll say that right now. And uh, oh, our corn is really sweet and crunchy. That's really great. And, oh, we have these um, little, like, popcorn chicken things that are kind of breaded. I like those. And, oh, duh, if you get the mashed potatoes, you got to get the gravy. The gravy is so tangy. It's really good. Okay, stop right there. Um, can you pile all of those items into a uh, single bowl? Just kind of make them into a, a wet mound of starch that I can eat with a spoon like I'm a death row prisoner on suicide watch and I just have that instead um yes we can do that um we can also arrange those on a plate like you're an adult with dignity and self respect you don't have to actually eat your food out of a single bowl fuck that I'm done I don't give a shit just pile all those things in a bowl 
Is there a way that the bowl can play This Mortal Coil's It'll End in Tears album while I'm eating it at two in the morning in my darkened apartment, just kind of staring to the middle distance? KFC's Famous Bowls, that's their top-selling item. Can't keep them up. America has spoken. Pile my food in a fucking bowl. I don't give a shit. I'll have it all in one fucking... I just want kind of a light brown hillock of glop. If you could put my lunch in a blender and liquefy it and then put it into a caulking gun and inject it right into my femoral artery, even better. But until you invent a lunch gun, I would like a failure pile in a sadness bowl. Is that is what I want. Give me pile my food. America. A failure pile in a sadness bowl. That's like my life right now. That was good. Patton Oswalt. So maybe I'll try to go. Um, just want to make an announcement. That is, I have tickets to give away and you better get these tickets from me. Um, you better go to CITR underscore arts report on Twitter and tweet us and say you want these tickets. Also, you can go to our Facebook page, the arts report on CITR and request the tickets they're for a fire hall arts center presentation called the drummer girl created by Lori leister and vancouver musician Lori leister brings together some of the city's finest musicians in this eclectic cabaret chronicling her adventures as a professional musician over the last 30 years from the vancouver opera orchestra to landmark jazz blues ensemble mother of pearl this autobiographical show about this multi-talented percussionist's career draws you into the inside world of the music industry. Lovers of blues, jazz, world, and classical music will be tapping their toes to Leicester's catchy songs and charmed by her endearingly funny stories of blazing a trail as a female drummer in Vancouver. So she's got a band, Renee Wurst on bass, Brenda Baird on keyboards and vocals, and Kat Wahama on lead vocals and mandolin. So that's running at the Fire Hall Arts Center, February 12th to 22nd. Um, and again, visit our social media page, CITR underscore Arts Report on Twitter or our Facebook page um, to claim the tickets. They're for Saturday night, the 9 p.m. show. So you want something to do on Saturday night? I know you do. Um, so I'll remind you again at the end. So it is time to talk about dance. There's tons of dance stuff coming up um, in March. There's a Vancouver International Dance Festival and there's a couple of big events coming up now. Um, so the event coming up that I'm going to talk about is Dances for a Small Stage 30. And I guess it's a series, a dance series. Um, and it will run February 13th to 15th at the Ukrainian Center on East 10th at Maine. Um, so it's a Valentine's-themed evening featuring stars of the local scene and national screens, including internationally renowned choreographers Stacey Tukey and Peter Chu, um, and a bunch of other really talented um, dancers and artists. Um, so Peter Chu is going to perform a solo work, um, 
And I got really interested in Peter Chu and was able to set up an interview. Um, and just before the interview, I got really nervous because I'm like, oh, my God, he's a big star. He's like kind of like an Olympic athlete or something. He's originally from Florida um, and started training as a gymnast and then moved into dance uh, and then went to the Juilliard School. How cool is that? Um, and since then, he's basically been touring the world. He's done a lot of really avant-garde stuff, um, some of the best in the world. But he's also done some really um, mainstream stuff. Like uh, he was in Celine Dion's Vegas Spectacular, A New Day. And I wanted to ask him about Celine Dion um, because a Canadian musician, I guess they opened for her or something. This was years ago, told me that when Celine Dion came down the hall, like all the bands that were in the back area had to avert their eyes. They couldn't look at Celine. And I wanted to ask if that was true, but that was, I thought that was a bit rude. So I didn't ask. Um, he was also in, so you think you can dance, um, choreographing and um, working with the people on that show. So he's got a good career behind him and ahead of him. Um, so, I talked to him, you know, as someone who's kind of clumsy, it's, it seems unthinkable to be able to have uh, this mastery over your body. And he's an incredibly uh, fluid dancer if you watch clips of him. So I'm just going to play our interview. Just give me a second to bring it up. Um, and here he is. Peter Chu, and then I'll talk a little bit more about another performance he's doing in in March. 14 seconds left, nine, eight. Anyways, Peter Chu, <laughs> he's cool. And we talk about um, Crystal Pite as well. My mother was my music teacher, so I grew up in the arts. Um, I was a lover of music uh, from day one. That was actually my first passion, but... I've always enjoyed um, gymnastics. That's how I began. And my sister was taking dance at a local studio. And my coaches said, Peter, you need ballet <laughs> for gymnastics in order to compete more. And um, I started taking uh, dance lessons and acrobatics at the dance studio. And I loved it so much that I actually wound up retiring in gymnastics and continued on with dance. <laughs> wow. And then you went to Juilliard. Yes, yeah, yeah, I went to Juilliard, it was a four-year program, and um, intense, wonderful, uh, one of um, the best experiences for me, yeah, of course, there's ups and downs to that to that school, but um, uh, like any school, any conservatory, but I definitely learned so much from that, that experience. And then what happened after you graduated? After I graduated, I danced with um, Ballet Jazz de Montréal. I went there for two seasons and got to live in the wonderful city of Montreal. Yes. And, um, and, and I really went there, honestly, because I, they had a they, they had Crystal Pite, who was the resident um, choreographer. And I joined that company a, because I, I loved what it stood for, and it's in Canada. And also, I wanted the opportunity to work with Crystal, and that's when I began um, uh, getting to do her work in, in 2002. Uh, my si my younger sister dated Crystal's younger brother in high school, so I have a little no bit way, of a connection. Really? Yeah, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but she, I don't think, I think she was a dancer then, but it was before she started really getting huge, and she's gotten very 
huge as well. Yeah, I mean, Crystal's just, uh, not only is she amazingly talented as a director and choreographer and dancer, but um, the reason why I was drawn to her work, her work is, it's compelling to watch and compelling to do. And I love um, the layers that she has involved in the movement and also in the concept, the concept that she creates. And that's what drew me to her, were the layers to her movement and her work. And also, she's a genuinely, amazingly kind person. Um, so it, it really is, when I dance with kids of it, we are like a family. Oh, that's wonderful. And you've got a tour coming yeah. up. Yes, yeah. And I'm really excited just to be back here in um, D.C. and Vancouver and to, to work with Crystal and to be dancing with Small, stages, uh, small Stage again. That's also a treat. Yes, and that's on Valentine's Day, or it's a Valentine's Day theme? Yes, yes. Yeah. Julianne, the director of, um, producer of Small Stage, she, she luckily in 2012 produced my company, True This, and we did, um, we did Small Stage then, and I, re- I presented a full evening work that I created the year before 2012, and um, I presented it at Small Stage, and it was um, luckily a hit. And then Julianne recently just asked me back and said, would you be able to do a solo that you created for Small Stage in 2008? And I said, absolutely. It's just a, it's a unique venue. Um, I love what the different um, types of work that she brings in, and choreographers, and um, the, audience, the range of audiences is pretty wonderful as well. Yeah. So you've done a lot of contemporary, kind of very artistic stuff but then also done mainstream stuff so tell us a little bit about some of the mainstream stuff you've done yeah yeah well for me i i got to uh as a choreographer and a dancer in the commercial world i work there as well and you look for opportunities such as so you think you dance and i luckily was asked about two years ago to do their group dance for the top eight and then last summer i was able to collaborate with Stacey Tukey and we did the top 16 group dance for So You Think You Can you can Dance. And like I said, being in that industry, you look for opportunities such as those. And I always, I walked away with, from that, that those two experiences as, um, it was actually a highlight. It's something that I, I wanted to get to know is co- more choreographing for television. Mm-hmm. And I also got to work with uh, Abby, Abby Lee's Ultimate Dance Challenge this past uh, May as well. And you know, got to dance with um, artists like Celine Dion. Yes, that <laughs> and sounds fun. In Las Vegas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, ex- en- enriching experience, and um, that that will hold a place in my heart forever. Yeah, totally. So, what I mean for those of us who are kind of, you know, not dancers, what is it like to have? You know, it it looks easy, but it's not like. It, it looks easy to the audience, but obviously it's not. What is it like to have that mastery over your physical form? Well, you know, I, I think it's, it's constantly a process, and um, sometimes your instrument, your body just doesn't want to do it. But, you know, at the end of the day, once once you warm up and you, you're on that stage and you hear the music, um, you kind of forget everything. You kind of forget the pain, if there is pain that day. Yeah. Um, but but for me, it's just, uh, I, I don't know if it's mastery. I just, it's just something that I love to do so much um, that, like I said, once you're on that stage, you don't, you don't 
you don't think about anything else but what you're experiencing in present time. So it's flow. We talk about that as this flow experience. Yes, yeah, a, a, a slow experience because, um, yeah, it most definitely is, is a slower experience in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I said flow with an F. Is that is that oh, what you heard? Oh, flowing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, it's I a, you said flow. Yeah, it's yeah, a... It's, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, no, no, yeah, a flow, yes. There is fluid, like, for me, even when I'm when I'm choreographing and dancing, I... I look for fluidity and things that are mercurial and liquid-like um, and have that soft, feather-like quality. Mm-hmm. So I try to achieve that as well, and it takes a lot of control, um, but it, it, it's so satisfying once you can um, really dive into that state of flow. Yeah. Well, uh, flow is also kind of a psychological idea of being so completely kind of swept away, like what you've described of being so immersed in the experience that everything falls away. But nice. I like, okay. But I also <laughs> like, like what you said about the liquidity and, and the mercurialness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they are, yeah, yeah, they're uh, analogous. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. <laughs> and what kind of discipline does it take? Like, can you describe the, the beliefs and practices that you've had to put in place to achieve what you've had and the mastery that you've had? Yeah, I, I never, um, I, I, as far as practice goes, it's just something, a regiment that you, you have as a dancer. I, I tend to work a lot. I love it. Um, sometimes people have to pull me out of the studio when I'm alone, um, just because I, I, I like, we're, we're doing what we love to do. So um, I never really thought about a specific regiment. It's just a given that I have to do a lot of body maintenance work in order to keep my body um, healthy to travel and to do all these shows and all these wonderful projects. Um, but I never really looked at a specific regimen, but I am constantly doing body maintenance, taking class, and doing research to keep me um, moving forward. And you do teaching now. Tell me how that's rewarding for you. Oh, yes. Um, well, I've always loved teaching. I've been teaching since I was young, um, at a young age, and choreographing for, for studios and small, not just main companies, but smaller co- dance companies as well. But um, I, what I love about that is I, I feel like I'm, I'm learning more from the students than they are learning from me. It just teaches me how to be a better uh, mentor, better person, um, to give cues that work for many different types of dancers. Uh, to it's fascinating because not every dancer is going to be one kind of a dancer. Not everyone's going to go in the ballet world or in the contemporary world. And I, I grew up learning many different um, genres of dance. So it's, as a teacher, I'm having to tap into the um, diverse background that I've had and learn to make it work or teach these students how it works for their bodies mm-hmm. and help guide them. And that's fulfilling just to watch their growth and be a small part of their development. Yeah. It's so satisfying to me. Uh-huh. Become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the Main Street area at... Antisocial Skateboard Shop Devil May Wear Lucky's Comics Neptune Records RX Comics, Red Cat Records, The Regional Assembly of Text, 
The Rumpus Room, The Wallflower Modern Diner, and Woo Vintage Clothing. Wow, it sure does pay to be a friend of CITR. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus. Go online to www.citr.ca. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me. For sure, that's what friends are for. Out Week is Pride UBC's annual celebration of all things queer. Our theme this year is Minds, Bodies, Communities, with a big focus on unlearning. From February 10th to 14th, everyone is welcome to join us as we begin the incredible week with a flag-raising ceremony at the sub-flagpole courtyard. Throughout the week, Pride UBC will be hosting activities and workshops along with others such as Anna Sewell and Ray Spoon, ending in our Valentine's Day bash on Friday. For more information, please check out prideubc.com or drop by the Pride UBC office at sub 245C. Pride UBC acknowledges that Out Week is being held on unceded Musqueam land and other Coast Salish territories. Hi, we're back on CITR 101.9 FM. That was my interview with Peter Chu, um, an incredible dancer. And he was so nice too. Like, it's amazing when you meet someone that's like mega talented and dedicated and they're one of the nicest people you've ever met. And I know he had a cold and was really busy, yet he took the time to give us an interview. So thank you, Peter Chu. He will be at Dances for a Small Stage 30, uh, running February 13th to 15th at the Ukrainian Center on East 10th at Maine. Um, uh, Tickets are $20.00. And you can check it out at small-stage-30.eventbrite.ca. So, yeah, here's your chance to see Peter Chu. However, he is also, he talked about Crystal Pite. Um, now, Crystal Pite's quite famous um, in BC, and she's internationally known in the dance world. She's considered the hottest choreographer in the world. Um, and as he said in the interview, he loves to work with her. Um, and she's an amazing person and my sister dated her younger brother in high school. So I remember hanging out with him quite a lot. She was just starting out then. Um, but they've got a performance. So he's working with her company, Kid Pivot, and you can check that out at kidpivot.org. And they're touring a show starting soon and it's called the Tempest Replica that she created. Um, And it's based on motifs from Shakespeare's The Tempest. Uh, She stages a game of revenge and forgiveness, reality and imagination. Pite explores these motifs in two contexts. A maquette of Shakespeare's island as a metaphor for isolation, captivity, and desire. Ooh. And a nostalgic cityscape that evokes longing. Chalk-white replicas deliver the essential plot points of the story, but the emotion and tension of the narrative are fleshed out by real characters. Um, so that is going to be in Vancouver. It's touring in Maryland, uh, in Eastern Canada. Um, and I think it's going over to Europe, but it will be in Vancouver, March 6th to 8th at SFU Woodward. So do check it out. And I'm going to play a song, um, from the Tempest replica. I think the audio is pretty good. Um, 
and then you can hear the kind of music you can't see the dancing but it's very incredible modern dancing um so thank you to peter too it was like a big thrill to talk to him and also to hear like for someone who's so successful what does it take and it sounds like what it, it takes from his perspective is he's totally passionate he's totally dedicated you can't drag him out of that studio it's not work to him and um, not all of us are fortunate enough to have such a thing um, but uh, some people do and so way to go Peter Chu so not sure what this is going to sound like but um, this is some music from the Tempest replica coming up in early March at the SFU Woodward's Hi, 
This is Sarah Lapsley on CITR 101.9 FM. This is the Arts Report. Stay tuned at 6 p.m. for UBC Arts On Air. That was some music from the Tempest Replica, um, a, a dance work choreographed by Crystal Pite. So that'll be huge to go see that. Um, we had an unexpected guest in the studio, Matt Granland. Ah. Have, have you got your headphones on? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Matt, why are you here at CITR today? Ah, uh, Sarah, I'm down for the workshop that uh, CITR is hosting about hosting a live band on the radio. Because um, I do a show on Fridays at 6pm, Stranded, the Australian Canadian Music and Talk Show. And uh, I have guests on the show, but it's like this, where people are just plonked down and plucking an acoustic guitar, if, if anything. But um, to work out how to actually have a real band here, it would be awesome. It's a dream. I've always wanted to do it. Um, we tried doing it last year with a band called Cowards, um, a hardcore band, and uh, these are stern-looking guys in black T-shirts, and they were none too impressed that we were really struggling right down <laughs> to the wire. And it was, like, cold, like... They were going to beat you up. Steve Albini, like, just darts of hate directed at me. <laughs> and thank uh, Sarah Accordingly and a couple of other people pulled it together right at the last minute. It was like MacGyver, like something magically happened right at the last minute. And we had this live band play this powerful set right on the radio. And um, I don't want it to leave it to chance like that again. So mm-hmm. I'm here to learn the skills to oh, pay the good. bills. Oh, good. Yeah, they have amazing workshops at CITR, which is why you should become a member. They have great training, spoken word, things like how to DJ. Mm. That's I was. They had the DJ workshop, and I was like, yeah, I have the secret desire to be a DJ and spin, like rap and stuff. But that hasn't happened. You have to choose... <laughs> You have to choose sometimes. You can do anything, but not everything. I like that saying. That's good. Who said that? Uh, Greg Braden. He's like a new age writer. Um, Hmm. There's an art show. Maybe you'd be interested in this, Matt. Um, The art show is called Doppelganger. And uh, it's a local artist who's raising awareness about oil pipelines. Um, It's visual artist Peter Ricks. Um, and it will feature an exciting series of meticulously executed inked stippling illustration diptiches. That's a mouthful. Um, which confront the viewer with the notion b- b- that perhaps there cannot be one single objective reality. Um, and so he's ten percent of each piece of work is going to be donated to the Dogwood Initiative, a not-for-profit organization based out of Victoria. Um, And the organization fights to retain British Columbians' right to make important choices regarding their land and water. Um, And so, yeah, I just, it looks like the drawings are really cool. But I just loved that idea of the doppelganger. Just even hearing the word kind of gives me a chill. Mm. Um, And so it's uh, in fiction and folklore, a paranormal double of a living person. It also describes the sensation of having glimpsed oneself in your own peripheral vision. Um, with no chance of the supposed phenomenon having been a reflection. So it's often perceived as a sinister form of bilocation, being in two places at once and regarded by some to be a harbinger of bad luck or death. What is your understanding of the doppelganger, Matt? Well, is this sort of like um, Bizarro World in Superman, like where there's an evil version of you? Is that what it is? Like a shadow mirror? Yeah, I guess that would be um, the, the idea um but but i guess like yeah so it could be it's thought to be sinister but what 
I like about it is like, yeah, there's someone else. It doesn't have to be sinister. Like you have a double out there somewhere and it implies that it might be a parallel universe where it's actually Uh, you or that, you know, we're not alone or multiverses and all that stuff. I just love the idea. That the the glitch in the time space that that person could walk past you one day and you don't even realize. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, anything's possible. And I mean, for everything to be in balance in this world, the yin and the yang, it makes sense. There's got to be some other opposite somewhere yeah or parallel realities like it just it kind of gives me a chill i like it and there's um if you go to just wikipedia that's what i'm on right now there's some documented doppelganger experiences and they can also stimulate the feeling of uh uh, a doppelganger phenomenon that feeling almost like a deja vu but different where um so if they uh, stimulate electromagnetically one part of your brain um the patient immediately felt the presence of another person in her extra personal space. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember someone gave me a photo of uh, when I was in crevice years ago of a, it was like this girl at a German bus stop. It was like a still from a movie. So this girl would have been like maybe a movie actor and she looked exactly like me. It was freaky. And I'm like, Oh my God, I have a doppelganger in Germany. Like, you know, so I just love it. Yeah. I love the idea of this art show. Um, and tomorrow, maybe I'm going to go to another art show, which is um, down at the Satellite Gallery. I've been planning to. If I don't go to the opening, I'll definitely check it out. It's um, at the Satellite Gallery. Tomorrow night is the opening reception. It runs February 14th to March 29th. And it's basically the private collection of some Vancouver-based art patrons, Michael and Ina O'Brien. And they've got tons of work by quite a wide variety of famous artists, including Cindy Sherman and Bo Dick. And a bunch of really well-known curators from Vancouver have put these together um, in sort of new ways. Um, And so it's worth going. There'll probably be a lot of Vancouver glitterati there at the opening uh, Matt you said you did something or you talked uh, what arts uh, things have you been doing lately well, I guess um, I interviewed a poet on my show um, named Jennifer Zilm and I went to her spoken word poetry night and it's good to expand my my thing I, I'm, I admire you for going to so many different events and um, it was good I, got I don't really the... go to that many events <laughs> well at least you raise awareness <laughs> and your, your consciousness is drawn to them uh i play music every week but this was great to go to a poetry reading i don't think i've ever been to one and uh jennifer zoom was fantastic she put so much personality into it uh she didn't just read and shuffle nervously she she filled the room with her personality um uh she didn't fit the stereotype of the poet who's just alone um, nervously scratching on, on paper and worrying about people caring. She was she was great. Jennifer Zilm, I've recorded an interview. Maybe I could forward it to you if you have something to... Yeah, what's your um, blog where you post oh, the podcasts? Uh, Oz Stranded Radio. So my show is Stranded, the Australian-Canadian Music and Talk Show. And it's ozstrandedradio.com. And uh, there's a link there to interviews. And I've put interviews up on SoundCloud Um so you can link there. So yeah. yeah, great show. You have great taste in music. Do you Thank know you. Wade Jordan? Yeah, I see the guy who's in R- Russia now. Yeah. yeah. So a few weeks ago, I was just doing some computer work here at the station, and 
uh, Wade was there. I just met him for the first time. And he's just like, oh, man, I really want to go to Sochi. And I'm so depressed. And I don't have the money. Sochi starts in two weeks. And he was, like, trying to raise money through his kind of kickstarting yeah, Indiegogo yeah. campaign. And he's like, oh, it didn't seem like he'd make it. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll say it on the radio. I talked about it on the radio. Um, and then... And then he got the money. Wow. At the very last minute, one wow. of his friends donated $10. But instead of typing $10, she mistakenly typed in $100. <laughs> and it put him over the limit. And he's there now. Um, and the photos that he's sending back are like, he's yeah. just ecstatic. Like him in front of the, you know, that famous building with the candy tops and mm. he's just like having the party time of his life um and so he's doing a video blog which you can check out um where is it now i can't find it but it's um www.sochiaccess2014.com uh, so he's a journalism student, and he's over there having the time of his life. So that's cool. And he's uh, he's got a vivacious personality. Yeah. And, and he loves Australian music. He loves spider bait. Wade, if you're listening, I'd love to have you on and talk about spider bait. He's, he's very vivacious. He's the kind of guy you want to have, like, at your house party. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I remember at the, at the Folk Fest on, the, on summer, he was trying to force me to go and see this Australian band that I didn't like. And I... And he was so full of energy, he couldn't understand why I wasn't enthusiastic about it. And I'm sorry, Wade, I'm such a wet, wet blanket. <laughs> I just want to remind you again, because we're heading into the final few minutes here, that we have tickets to give away to see the Drummer Girl at the Firehall Arts Center. Um, and it's February 12th to 22nd. Um, and it's about this Vancouver drummer um, and sort of doing a art, Thing, a cabaret chronicling her adventures as a professional musician and so the tickets we have to give away are for february 15th at 9 p.m um and so tag us or tweet us at citr underscore arts report or visit our facebook page and just say you want the tickets and they are all yours so please come and get them so um i, I don't know anything else rob ford was in my neighborhood did you read that? I posted that on yeah. Facebook. Like, I woke up, and he had been, like, just two minutes from my house at this gas station. Like, I drive by that gas station oh. every morning. And I'm like, what's of And so I guess he was at a nearby pub, and it was, like, of all the pl great places in the lower mainland <laughs> to go and drink, why would you be in Coquitlam? Like, so I felt pretty excited that. And then imagine being the cops. It's like, who's this clown jaywalking across the street oh it's rob ford so oh. and then he was like back in toronto stirring up more trouble i really don't get why he's still the mayor like how's that possible but well from your um professional knowledge well maybe this is a can of worms but do you, do you think he really is troubled right now or is he just like an arrogant rich guy who does whatever he wants i mean um his mental health i'm saying like oh i think he's probably an arrogant rich guy who does whatever he wants he's probably got significant narcissistic tendencies mm. um and he's got substance use problems is he mentally ill i wouldn't say so mm. he's just an entitled jerk yeah and like holding and his brother is just like the fact that he has this horrible but there's two of them it's awful anyways we're not political here in the arts report <laughs> what should we play should we play some punk rock yes what would you like to the hard-ons oh yeah um yeah just just being with you because that's, that's a lo lovely love song for 
Valentine's Day. By the hard-ons? Yeah, just being with you. It's a classic. Okay, let's see. Three minutes of pop punk goodness. Um, There's a lot. Yeah, okay, that, that one, there one. we go. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. It was nice to have a surprise guest. It was kind Great. of lonely in the studio. So um, join me again next week. I'll be back. I guess I'm kind of doing it full time now. We'll have uh, arts reporter Danielle Piper doing some stuff on ballet. Um, and the following week, we're preempted um, by live broadcast. And the following week, it's Fund Drive. So we will be raising funds and having a fun party in the studio. So here's the hard-ons, just being with you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. And stay tuned for UBC Arts On Air.